Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees. Today, I'm joined by a very old friend of mine who uh, you may know from the United Wrestling Network. He's a part of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, Primetime Live. You've seen him at Impact Zone Wrestling. He's all over the Pacific Southwest. None other than Arizona Zone, Scott Johnson. How you doing today, Scott? Not too bad, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to get a chance to talk to you. It's been a long time since we've seen each other with all this COVID stuff. I know. It's ridiculous. It's. I don't, I don't even know the last time that I saw you. Like, hey, in Hollywood together. It would have been a year ago. Yeah, well, you, you, me, yeah. and Jeff. Yeah. Long time. Yeah, when Jeff cut his hair. That's so mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> those yep. of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, there's another referee in Arizona named Jeff Coles, who's probably going to be on the show at some point if he hasn't already been, uh, you know, when this airs and uh he's had you know long locks like his whole life but um at hollywood they're not really about breasts with long hair so he chopped off all of his hair so that he could yep. referee on championship wrestling from hollywood and that is some dedication yep yep yeah. speaking For of sure. dedication, uh somebody over here has gotten himself into some crazy shape lately which is pretty <laughs> wild man like your transformation has been amazing to watch like uh tell us a little bit about your fitness journey before we dive in sure um well i decided actually uh in november of 2019 that i wanted to uh learn more of the wrestling aspect of it and that which required me to get in better shape um so i started training and i'll do the plug at the arizona pro wrestling training school yeah it's uh run by today we got rob horn let's do it (laughs) um but uh, I started working with him and I realized just how, what shape I was in. I needed help, you know? So um, I contacted a personal trainer who I, who uh, Dom Vitale put me through and I started working with him uh, three to four days a week. And I was lucky enough that he has his own home gym. So Mm -hmm. even when everything shut down, he was able to do things one at a time, have it completely sanitized. You know what I mean? So I was in one of those situations where I could continue to work. And I just, uh, I, I promised myself that I would put all my dedication into, you know what I mean? Just to see what I could do, see what I was accomplished. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a complete life changer. Uh, I also, I used to have a nasty caffeine habit. I would drink at least like, and and nobody ever believes this until they see it, but I would drink like eight, two liter bottles a day, like just hands it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like ask anybody, like I would be on the road with people and we'd have to pull over every 45 minutes. So I could go to the bathroom and grab another soda. Like it was insane. But so, but I dropped kick caffeine. I've known you like five years. That's, that's wild, man. Like I had a serious soda habit when I was younger, you know, I would go through like a case of uh, cans in like a day, but like eight, two liters. That's wild, dude. Good yeah. for you kicking that. That's gotta be like yeah. a serious addiction to kick. It really was. And I was always the joke. I was like, I, you know, dabbled in a ton of stuff in my twenties, but I was able to get away from everything, you know, except the, the stuff that you're not allowed to. Yeah. Caffeine, fast food, sugar, things like that. So. Right. But um, well, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, got control of everything and turned your life around in a huge way, man. Like what were your, uh, you know, first like goals that you set for yourself? You know, like what kind of what kind of goals are you on now? Uh, well, my my goals right now um, are to maintain. Uh, I gained a little weight over the holidays and I'm trying not to beat myself up over it. Sure. But um, honestly, I, I think all of my motivation really boils down to being a good um role model for my two sons. I have an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old. And, um, you know, this is one of the reasons um, I started, I got into pro wrestling as well, because I didn't want to be the father that was like, you should do this. And then they go, well, why didn't you follow your dream, dad? Why are you, you know, doing whatever? And I was like, I don't have an answer for that. 
Um, so, um, you know, it, uh, and then I hope by the end of the year, um, you know, I just started going back to training again. I messed up my shoulder a little bit, so I had to hold off, but I just started again this week and I'd like to wrestle a match, uh, at the end of this year, you know? And again, I, I don't have aspirations. Like I know where my money is and I know where my skill set is and it's right here in the stripes and it's something I enjoy. I really do enjoy the referee position. Um, but at the same time, I, you know what I mean? It's like, let's see what I can do. You know? Yeah, I mean, um, I think we all kind of have that like inkling in the back of our heads. It's like, what if I, but nah. <laughs> exactly. And at that, at this point, it was just like, well, let's see what I could do. Cause I'm a big guy, you know, and uh, I, I, I like to perform and, you know, it, like I said, I have no aspirations of being the next uh, WWE champion, but it sure would be nice to have a couple matches. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get too much into it, let's start off a little bit with like who you are, where you come from, tell the audience sure. whatever you think they should know about you. Like uh, what are your beginnings in wrestling and life? The floor is yours. Go right ahead. Sure. Uh, well, uh, obviously, we've stated my name is Scott Johnson. Um, I have lived in Arizona since about 2002. Prior to that, I used to move around um, every four to five years. Uh, I was in Chicago, Denver, L.A., uh, Sacramento. I was born in Pomona, California. Um, and I went to college to uh, become a game designer, actually. I have my, that's my degree is in interactive media and game design. And I started working for THQ in 2007. And for those of you who don't know, THQ were the publishers, the original publishers of the WWF uh, uh, and games up to the N6, starting with the N64. And prior to that, they did the WCW games with Aki. Right. So that was just a really good thing for me. And because, and, um, that that job took me to Montreal for a couple of years. It brought me back here to Arizona, and um, uh, I started. Then, when I came back, I became aware of the uh, Arizona Wrestling Federation uh, school at the time. And uh, funny enough, we were talking about Jeff Coles. Jeff Coles and I met at THQ back in two thousand seven. That's I, I met him outside of wrestling. Yeah. Um, and when I came back to happen to end up in the same role. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird. We ended up uh, we both got to work on the WWE versus SmackDown, or no, 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 Raw versus SmackDown two thousand eleven. We were both on that project together. I and have we worked... that game right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last one where you could walk around the backstage and talk to people. Yeah. We always joke, "Hey, it's me." ED from the race. It's just like, wow. All right. Did you, but anyway. did you find yourself working for THQ because you wanted to work on wrestling games or was it just kind of like lucky happenstance? It, both actually. I, I had planned on once I graduated to apply and if they wanted me there. Originally their, um, their QA department was in um, Calabasas and then Agora Hills after that. Um, but then they opened up, they had Rambo Studios here out in Phoenix and they were the ones that made the MX versus ATV Untamed games. And so they built a QA facility right above it. And I just happened to be graduating in three months. So they came to the school and I was just like, wow. <laughs> Please take me. I'm yeah, I'll do it. I am the person. I love wrestling. Yep. Yep. Cool. And um, getting to do that was really cool because obviously by the, the, the first couple, uh, let's see, the first title I worked on was the 2009 version. But by 2013, like I was just dedicated to that project. Like they didn't even switch me between 12 and 13. Um, I got to work with the designers. Um, I like to take credit for the fact that when you do the Attitude Era, uh, uh, arenas in WWE 13. The reason they put the old THQ logo in there instead of the new one was because of this guy. So nice. you know what I mean. And I appreciate. I will, <laughs> yeah, and I will say, um, 
you know, uh, to be able to work on a product that you are actually passionate about, I think is something that not a lot of people get to do in their lives. So to, to have that honor for five years, um, was really, it was one of the best times of my life, you know? Um, and I thought that was, I, I, at that point in my life, I thought that would probably be the closest I ever got to being in the professional wrestling industry. So I was thrilled. Um, that's pretty wild, um, man. Well, for, for the sake of telling you, uh, I'm a huge fan of the games that you created. Uh, and for a point of reference, uh, WWE 12 is the only game I've ever gotten all of the achievements on. Ever. Nice. Uh, and 13 is like my favorite wrestling game that I've ever, well, not ever played, obviously, WrestleMania 2000 and all that. And sure. No Mercy and all that. But uh, right. no, 13 was pretty astounding. Yeah, the, so that were, was. Thank you kindly. <laughs> What was your, you know, introduction into wrestling? I'm sure you're very passionate about it already at that point. How did you find yourself uh, immersed in the world? What's the first thing you saw? When did you know you wanted to be a part of the world, even in the video game sense, you know, in some way? Um, I would say the, 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 the apex of it was probably when I was 10 years old. I can remember even as a kid, like even like three years old, four years old, fumbling through the channels, trying to find wrestling, yeah. but not you know too young to comprehend uh programming <laughs> so i could never find it like, and um guys fighting i want to see the guys fighting. i want to see the guys fighting yeah and um i remember uh funny enough living in california one of my first introductions to pro wrestling was actually wcw uh we i was at my barber um in southern california and he was watching tbs and i'm watching sting and rick flair and in my head i'm like i know this is wrestling but I don't know what this is. And, you know, he explained, he's like, oh, this is a different group, blah, 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 blah. And so we, I had cable at the time. So I, I was actually more up to date on a product that never even came to my city. Sure, um, and then when I moved to Sacramento, when I was 10, I had a lot of just time, you know, because when you move to new schools, you've got to make friends and whatnot. Yeah. So my parents would take me to the local video store and I would rent the VHS tapes. Uh, so I would rent all the WrestleManias and things like that. And oh, that's when... Yeah. yeah. And I remember on channel 31, I, f- I saw the commercial that WWE superstars would be on Saturday at 11 and wrestling challenge would be on Sunday at 11. And I was just like, got it. And that's my first real, like, if, you know, when you go back to the, the, um, what, Origins. yeah, that's really where I go. Um, because you know, that, and, and it was about that time, you know, again, the, the ultimate warrior was huge. Um, like I think the Texas tornado, Carrie Von Eric was my favorite at yeah, the time because I saw him beat because cool. the, 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 <laughs> <very>, <laughs> the very first pay-per-view I ever saw uh, was in 1990 was the SummerSlam 1990. And so to see when he beat Mr. Perfect, I was just like, but he's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, this how is did amazing. this happen? I how could this go? Yeah. He's the perfect yeah. wrestler. How can he lose? <laughs> exactly. So, um, but yeah. Um, and I remember watching it um, I mean, just like religiously. Um, ever since then, um, I would start watching primetime wrestling back when it was like that weird talk show that Vince McMahon hosts. Sure. Like, yeah. And um, then watching it become raw and whatnot. And uh, it, I, I don't know that I ever wanted to be a wrestler. I know that sounds weird, um, but I always was really drawn to it. And as, as a kid, there's that, you know, like thinking everything that's happening in front of you is, you know, <laughs> 100%. Um, and then you start viewing it from the side of a fan and then start understanding that it's not necessarily about the competition. It's more about the emotion and the story. You know what I mean? Which is when I went from Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair real fast. <laughs> I was just, you know, I was just like, that guy's interesting. I'm going to listen to him. 
and then Shawn Michaels came in and Bret Hart and like you just had yep. the best of all the worlds like I it sounds like you were a WWF and a WCW person by this mm -hmm. time. sounds yep. like you're kind of taking in all the wrestling that you possibly could every bit of it I would watch GWF on ESPN I would watch uh, yeah anything I could find right. um and that was one of the happier moments in my life is when wrestling kind of when I I mean, yeah, it didn't kind of, it went incredibly mainstream in the late nineties with the NWO yeah. and you know, and so now instead of my friends, like, what are you doing? Come over and hang out. I'm like, I can't, it's raw and nitro. <laughs> yeah. Now they're hitting the catchphrases. Now I'm seeing NWO shirts. At, you know what I mean? Where I was like 316 everywhere. Yep. And yeah. that was, and Goldberg and all that. So it was really nice to have something that I was passionate about that was actually enjoyed by other people. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, wanting to tell everybody that I went and got the, all the WWF trading cards and wanting to show them. And then, you know what I mean? Knowing it's like, I better not. Still I mean, I'd say it's like comparable to those of us. I'm sure you're included in this as well, but like that grew up really into comic books and superheroes and the mm -hmm. like, you know, I was huge into X-Men, Batman and stuff like that when I was a kid or any superhero, but you know, in mm -hmm. the nineties, eighties, whatever, we all had to kind of like, yeah, I'm into comic books. And now it's the biggest yeah. in the world. Yeah. No, that's something like uh, it's 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 been awesome to watch uh, that shift. And um, I, again, even I said I went to a Comic Con. I went to a Comic Con once, and and you just see these people being able to express their passion in a in a safe. I hate to say safe space, but in a safe space where you know that nobody's gonna go. Why are you dressed like an eight foot Gundam? You know what I mean? <laughs> Gundam, they say, Why are you dressed like a robot? You know, where these people are like, oh, can I get my picture with you? Yeah, I, I just. You know what I mean? I've, I've always like that genuine outpour of emotion, seeing people just genuinely happy. Like, I love, so I, I love that feeling when you go to like an access or like WrestleMania week or something like that, or WrestleCon or like whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. a company, whatever. But like when you go to one of those huge, like weekend long conventions for wrestling and you just see, you know, Undertakers and Bray Wyatt's and Ric Flair's and Macho Man's and like yeah. so many people that are just like, this is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. I don't care. Yep. I'm going. <laughs> and I'm and I'm around like-minded people. Um, a real quick story. Uh, when I worked for THQ uh, 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 and WrestleMania came to Arizona, uh, we did the access at the Phoenix Convention Center, and I got to work um the smackdown booth so i got to go to access saturday and sunday uh for free and it's everything you're saying uh, one of my favorite stories i mean like i'm watching this mom walk around with it she's waiting in line with her son because they want to play or he wants to play the game mm. and you can tell this lady's tired <laughs> you know what i mean you can tell she's just yeah but every time like he looked she had a big smile on her face she you know what i mean she was just like really into it and and, and to see that family bonding was really awesome because again I, I have two boys too i actually the second day uh i took my son who at the only he was only one and a half right so uh, we're carrying him around sure. but uh uh i we worked and then we got to walk around everything and uh he got to see his first match which was crime time versus the dude busters right awesome. which was yeah and like every time they slammed he'd just go boom and the crowd <laughs> would pop and it was the greatest and i got this really good picture afterwards um uh it's one of my favorites it's both me and my son standing at the guardrail is and it's just us and my uh, my wife at the time was right behind us and took the picture and it's like I don't know. It's perfect. There's you know? nothing that beats it. I mean, I can sort of relate. Like, I don't have any kids myself yet, but I have a nephew who's mm -hmm. just uh, about 10 at this point. And when he was maybe like eight, seven, something like that, I showed him his first match. Uh, and it was Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor. 
And uh, uh, when he gets really excited, he jumps. He just jumps up and down. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And uh, through the entire match, bell to bell, he was just jumping ferociously. That's he's so cool. So enthusiastic. And uh, I don't know why, but he's really into the bad guys. He really liked Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre was a bad guy at the time. And he, we're like, who do you like? And he's like, I like the bald guy. I really like him. He's really big and really strong. And we're like, okay, cool. I mean, if it's yeah. you like it, so you like. And then he ended up winning and he was just like, you know, over the moon about it. I've got a video of it. It's, it's one of the cutest things I've ever seen. You know, That's awesome. He's been wrestling like. Yep. I actually. I have videos from my phone of both of my children. The first time they got to see John Cena, uh, we was a, the first one was a live show in Montreal. And it's so funny too, cause uh, my son was like four and a half mm-hmm. and Cena comes out and, and, and he just looks at me and he goes, his shirt is white. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm in tears. It is white. I know we changed the shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just phenomenal. That's pretty great. So, yeah. okay. Uh, we, we grow up watching wrestling. We go to THQ. We make some amazing wrestling games that, again, I had no idea that you were even involved in those. I <laughs> feel like uh, there's so much that I'm learning about you, which is the point of this, right? right. Uh, Absolutely. How did you actually make the transition into becoming involved in wrestling? Where, okay. where did you start training? Uh, what made you want to do it? Who were your trainers? Stuff like that. Where were your first, uh, you know, bookings and things like that? Sure. Um, so, uh, in 2015, I moved back from Montreal after working for Ubisoft for a little while. Uh, we had family out here. Assassin's Creed too. Uh, no, I was on South Park Stick of Truth. Okay, South Park Stick of Truth is amazing. Uh, yep. <laughs> I you for that, but like, I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fan. If I had found nice, that, I might just move. I did. I did get to walk around the studios a few times and watch the development. But uh, very cool. But yep. South Park Stick of Truth. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone who lived in Denver for. Title. <laughs> yeah, like I know it. It 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 was again. I've lived a blessed and cursed all at once, as Billy Corrigan said, to push Good. another wrestling guy. Right. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen. We moved from Montreal to uh, Arizona. Back to Arizona, and um, I was talking with Jeff Coles, and we were, and he said, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm a local ref out here now." So they've got, and, and he goes, and if you want, I'll talk to the owner of AWF and see if I can just train you once a week and you won't have to worry about paying. And I was just like, I'll pay, man. I'm yeah. like, that's fine. But if that's like, you know, and I was actually meeting him at uh, local Lucha shows because he was working with the Lucha Libre Poor circuit as well. So we do a little bit of work there as well. And um, so I went down to the Arizona Wrestling Federation. Uh, and at the time, it, the lead instructor was Lawrence Tyler. Mm-hmm. and uh who's a former nxt if i remember correctly um and what's up nothing keep going no no yeah like we yeah he's the other lt yeah not the new york one <laughs> and um i went there and i tried out and they're like okay yeah you can come back and within um the first four or five weeks i just caught on really quick i was really lucky um sure. you know and again i started at 35 so i was i've been watching wrestling my whole life i kind of knew what to do i just knew you know i needed the 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 reps and i needed the instruction yeah and so jeff did everything he could gave me all the advice he could we worked together and then i started working the awf shows in um <clears throat> my first one was awf summer explosion 2015 i want to say it was august um and yeah, I, I, it was really cool. I, I did three matches. My very first match was actually with a Hawaiian lion. And there you go. Uh, that was, that, that meant the world to me because I had seen them, you know, 
years prior, I, I watched back in like 2003, 2004, I, I would go to the local IZW shows and watch sure. them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I, so it was really cool to share my first match with him. But there's a lot then, of those like great, you know, like full circle moments in wrestling where you get to have yeah. those experiences that like you wouldn't really expect that you were going to get to, you know, you have yep. this like shared experience when you were younger coming through. Very much so. Um, but I did that. I did LT and R3, uh, two, both two guys that I just love to death. And then uh, I got to do the main, which was Awesome Andy and the Prophet for their title. And I, to me at the time, I was like, they're giving me a title match. Really. You know what I mean? Like, how cool is that? And when I went to the back that night, the owner was just like, do you want to be RF? And I was like, yes, I do. I and sure do. Um, from then on, I would go train um, as much as I wanted at the AWF Academy. And it was very much a trade-off. They're like, you ref for us. Well, that can cover your training. I'm like, I'm good with it. Um, and I did that for a while. Which is uh, pretty lucky because like, for those of you who don't know, like, you know, the, the fees that come with like training and wrestling, like, of course it's worth it, but you know, it can, there's a, a mm -hmm. big scope. It can go up, down, left, right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go ahead keep going. No, sure. Um, and I did that for a while. I did my first out of state um, show for a company called Destiny Wrestling Organization in New Mexico. They called uh, my buddy Joe Bernola, who was the ring announcer in Arizona at the time and has done work, I believe, with CWFH. Yeah. Uh, and and now he's done uh, CWFH. Of course, for a while. Yeah. Um, and he got us all, uh, he, I got sent down there and did a good enough job there that I went back. I was going back until they closed up shop. Um, I started working uh, local, other different local shows uh, because other federations started popping up. The one I remember specifically, my first paid show was Rockstar Wrestling Alliance, which is a really cool group we have out here that mixes uh, music and uh, 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 wrestling. Um, we have a live band and whatnot, but it was the first time I remember, uh, I, I didn't expect to get paid. Uh, the, the promoter was a, uh, another wrestler at the time. He's like, hey, you know, you did okay at AWF. You want to come help me? I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm here to get reps. I'm here to set up the ring. I'm here to pay my dues, you know? Oh, by the way, here's a couple bucks for you to go get a cheeseburger after. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he hands me a check and it was, and, I, and I'm just, or he hands me an envelope and I'm like, okay, and I open it and I, and I mean, I stared at that check for like, 10 minutes yeah. just like i can't believe i just got paid to do something like this you know what i mean because yeah again, I'm... it's a pretty wild experience like uh mm. i there's nothing like it like i got hired a couple of times to do like a ring crew gig and it's like man i've done this a million times for free and been happy to do it but like you guys are paying me to do this like thank you <laughs> yep yep so um and then i think it was uh it was about 2000 was it 2015 or 16 when we started doing CWFA out here? I think it was 16. Um, that's when I started getting to do, um, or actually, I guess the better story is after that, uh, I, I made some good connections out here, most specifically with uh, uh, Alexander Hammerstone, um, who was instrumental in getting me booked in Vegas and in a lot of other places because they'd ask, what about Scott? And he would say things like, he's the, he's the best guy we got out here. So I owe a lot of that to him. He's a great guy and it's been great to see him succeed, but that's another great. conversation. Um, but uh, here's a story that uh, if Nick Bonanno is watching, <laughs> he knows what I'm about to say and he's probably growling. Um, so I, I, Alex needed a writing partner to Hollywood. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you a match. I'm like, okay, cool, right on. And so we went and it was the red carpet rumble 2016. Oh, <laughs> you know, just one of the tiny shows they do. Yeah, nobody really cares about it. No one cares. And uh, I just showed up and I just put a ref shirt on 
because I assumed I was booked. You know, I didn't know any better. I didn't think to ask anybody, why would I do that? I, my buddy Alex said I had a shot. So there's a lesson learned there. Yeah. So for those of you watching, if you're an experienced <laughs> ref, always try and, you know, dive. Yeah. Dot your this, I's and cross your T's and make sure that you actually talk to somebody before you show up somewhere. Yes, this is a and cautionary if you tale. Show up somewhere. Don't come into the room with your bag. Don't put your stuff on. Go do ring crew and then wait. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I, it was definitely a precautionary tale. But yeah, I just I kind of just walked in the door and Nick's like, "Who are you again?" And I and I was like, "Oh, I'm Scott." Uh, Alex said I had a match. And he's and he's like, kind of, I, he was just too busy to really argue about it. He's like, oh, "Okay, cool." And uh, I did Ruby Rays versus Ashley Grace that night. And then I was the referee that would walk people to the back. And then the next day I got a message from Nick. He's like, so nobody had any idea you were coming, dude. Nobody yeah. knows who you are. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Should I? And I, I remember saying, should I apologize to Dave? <laughs> he goes, no, just, he just, he has no <laughs> idea. Just, I mean, now he does. But yeah. Now he has, yeah. But just next time, say something. He's like, okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I did a good enough job that I was able to come back another month. And I did, um, oh, the PBR team, Hunter Freeman and someone else against Pac-3 or Pac-3. I would say Pac. Yeah, it was, and it was, again, I remember um, going in. Again, Arizona's kind of a small pond, or at least it very much was back in 2015. I think we only had one group running, really. And so there was only a handful of refs out here. So to be told you were the best referee in Arizona – cool you know what i mean it's like eh. but i didn't know that at the time but like yeah 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 little fish big pond you know uh so or big fish little pond sorry there you go and so um i i was like yeah i know a lot i know a lot and the first time i ever did a hollywood taping i left feeling so small you know not that i'd made a mistake but i was like i thought i knew stuff i don't know anything it's you know what i mean when you go there and you get like dropped into the world and you realize like how much there is to really know about all of it how many like yep. parts there are you know how many uh decisions are being made on the fly like it, it's wild yeah well watching it being run watching a tv show being created as opposed to doing a show for a handful of people at your school you know what i mean it's just a world of difference so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what wrestling has been for you. Uh, I don't know if you're doing shows right now or not. Like, uh, what's the most recent match that you've refed? Um, I, the most recent, actually, the most recent one I did would have been at. Uh, oh yeah, you did primetime live, of course. Yeah, it would have been the. It would have either been the last primetime live with the main event of. Uh, I think I did. I want to say that was the tag with Effie and Zicky versus Watts and uh, uh, Watson, uh, the Pope which is really cool. Um, uh, I, I think though, it was either that I did a Lucha Libre show here for the day of the dead. Um, Very cool. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. how do you feel about doing a live pay-per-view? How was that different from, you know, like being able to do just like pre-taped television? Man, it's a different beast in, and I, the tape television got me prepared for it, but um, without getting too deep into it, because I don't want to, talk too much about it but one of the matches that i was in was cut dramatically um and while i was in the ring <laughs> so the match starts and i hear four minutes and i'm like excuse me what, what? and and i'm like this is a you know so i'm and i'm it was one of the first times that i kind of had to call a match you know like i had to tell them what to do and it it it, it went really fast um you know, it was a quick three count. And then I got, I got bumped and I didn't know that was coming. But again, it, we kind of had to make sense of what they expected to do in a large time shoved in a small time. And 
it's I, if you have one of those experiences i don't know if you've heard uh knox talk about it but at the uh pay-per-view for um what was it all in i believe uh maybe double or nothing but uh when they had the huge six man with like mm-hmm. Buck, Kenny and uh koto Bushi and Rey mysterio and all these people uh you know they were supposed to have like 45 minutes and then they get into the ring and they find out that they have 20 minutes until the show is gonna end yeah and you just had to like scramble like yourself you know like do you know relay all these messages between people yeah it's pretty wild when that happens yep it it is and it was a good experience i'm glad it happened now when it happened i was terrified yeah Um, but uh (laughs) great learning experience yeah it was it was an absolutely great learning experience and um again there's there's just some subtle differences for the most part i think um you know, again, live is live. So you've got to get those cues have to be on, you know, there's no, Oh, we'll cut it in post or, Oh, well, we'll just, we'll give the next match. You know, it's just like, no, this, this has to be tight. And um, we learned that lesson the first show for sure. And that's if you, if you watch the first show and then watch the second one and on, you can see like the lessons that were learned that first night Mm -hmm. and it, it become, yeah. And it became such a, like primetime live is one of my favorite experiences so far, just as a whole, because I, it's the closest thing to what we all dreamed about being on, you know, like just to be able to say, like I was talking to another worker backstage and I was like, and he even, he was just like, I'm about to work on a pay-per-view. He goes, that, that, that's crazy. He's like, my kids are about to watch. Like that's something that's so synonymous with like pro wrestling and with, you know, like a pay-per-view. Like that's huge. So, um, yeah. Primetime live has has been a blessing. Uh, It's been really cool. Um, so, and I, and I, yeah, if it wasn't the Lucha Libre show, it was definitely prime time that I worked last. Uh, the next show I'm actually booked for is until the end of February and I'm actually okay with that. That's why I can grow a beard now. I don't have to have the referee baby face. I can get a few Tinder pictures in. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about a few of your matches uh, so far, some highs, some lows. Uh, what's been your favorite match experience so far? Do you have like a, a best match or like a fondest memory uh, of all the things that you've done so far? Um, I have a lot of different favorites and for different reasons. Um, I, I think my go-to is almost always, uh, Nick Aldis and Peter Avalon, um, sure. yeah. for I mean, CWFA. Why wouldn't it be, right? Yeah. That's at, um, uh, championship wrestling from Arizona 100, right? Uh, not 100. It was past. It was supposed to be 100. Uh, Peter oh, ended up, right. he ended up wrestling. Right. Yeah. He ended up wrestling Tim Storm that night, which I got to work too. And was an amazing match. Very cool. Um, but Peter, I mean, like, Again, Nick Aldis, he's he's world class. What do you say? You know, and just 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 standing next to him, you can feel the aura of uh, I don't know. I don't mean to say another level, but the guy is just a, a beast, you know. Sure. And uh, I, uh, Peter, uh, has been a very very constant source of support for me since the beginning. Um, I messed up his match on the very first episode of CWFA awesome. and I felt horrified. I was just horrified. You know, it's like, well, they're never going to invite me back. And here we are. Um, but Wait, Peter is anybody that you're going to have that interaction with, like Peter's, you know, like not to kill the gimmick or anything too much, but like he's one of the right. um, considerate and understanding and like nurturing people I've ever been around in wrestling. He's a, a wonderful yep. teacher and a great leader. Oh, very much so. By the end of that night, like I was, uh, you know, I walked out with my head down again. I'm like, I'm really sorry. And the way he's like, dude, you, you're fine, brother. Don't worry. Br- brush it off. You're fine. Um, but being able to do that because, and, and CWFA means a lot to me. Cause again, I, I've been there since day one and to help build a, a, build a promotion for Arizona that not only 
uh, brings fans in, but builds the community. I mean, it's become a product that people want to be a part of um, on both sides of the guardrail, you know, and when people are excited to come, I mean, that's just awesome. We, we, we had, um, you know, uh, when, it was actually AZ 100, I believe, uh, when we had Tim Storm, uh, Billy Corgan watched the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, to have eyes like that on your product and what you're doing was was amazing. And there wasn't a lot of that happening out here. Um, you know, and I don't I don't mean to put any promoters down by any means, but it, it just seemed amazing. But, you know, it's in the middle of the desert. It's hard to get people to show up. Yep. Yep. So, um, so for that to, for an NWA title match to be a part of that, that, uh, uh promotion meant a lot to me. Um, let's see. I, uh, I always go back to, uh, the, I, I, and I feel bad cause I can't remember who they were wrestling, but R3 and Evan Daniels winning the, uh, AWF tag team titles was a big deal to me too, because, sure, yeah. uh, R3 and uh, even better, or I don't know if better is the right word, but like as singles wrestlers, they're absolutely fantastic as yep. well. R3 yep. and Evan Daniels, like top notch wrestlers. Yep. And I, you know, I trained a lot with them when I was at the AWF school and uh, I, as human beings, I've traveled with them more Evan than R3, but, uh, um, it was really funny because my car had actually broken down. I was supposed to, I was booked in Albuquerque that night and my car broke down and I, I couldn't go anywhere. So they were like, well, well, somebody, I forgot who, but they're like, oh, we'll pick you up. You can go to AWF. And I let the guy know. I was like, Hey, I, I can work the show if you need. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause rule number one, bring your gear. Of course. And so, yeah. And as I'm hand, if you're not invited, <laughs> exactly right. And, uh, so the joker says I handed him the belts. I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't go to Albuquerque tonight and raise their yeah. hand. <laughs> like, you can see, you know, he stifles for a second. But yeah, the, those two guys are, um, again, super instrumental, super nice to me. Uh, close friends, I like to consider. So. Absolutely. Um, brushed on leaders a little bit, you know, and teachers. Uh, it's pretty incredible that you actually had another ref, like, on hand to teach you how to, you know, like, kind of learn the ropes, uh, yep. so to say. Like, what? Well, what was your experience with that? You know, the majority of the people that I've spoken to um, through Zebra Talk, through other podcast episodes that I've recorded, you know, the majority of us didn't really have a referee on hand to teach us. So like, how do you think that uh, affected the way that you were trained as opposed to some other people who just kind of had to like figure it out? I think it expedited it 100%. I was, I don't think that I would have been safe to do shows within two months of starting if I hadn't had Jeff. Sure. Because, um, you know, he, he was able to, again, when you see him once a week and you guys are in the ring together and he's, and not even just, I shouldn't even say once a week because we would go to shows together and too, and he would just impart his knowledge. So um, it definitely made it faster. I, I wish there were more people out there willing to teach. And, um, you know, I try to do my best too when I'm at AZ, um, uh, when I'm at the Arizona Pro Wrestling Training Camp, you know, the younger guys that look like they can be refs and I'll step back, you know, out of the matches and, and I'll help coach them because I want a stronger base out here. Um, and I, like you said, there's so many schools and so many people that have had to learn without anybody to guide them yeah. that, you know, you can, it, it, it's one of the reasons that, and again, not to be insulting, but it's a reason why we don't have a lot of great refs out there. You know, it's not because for lack of trying by any means, it's, it's, you know, if, if there's nobody teaching you, how could you possibly get better? So yeah, I mean, um, anybody who is a great ref, you know, they immediately gets uh, swept up into, you know, some yep. kind of role, in, uh, you know, the minute that anybody finds out that they exist, you know, they go, yep. on to TV, they go on to whatever high profile uh, wrestling companies there are, because it's, it's just hard to find somebody that's good at the job because there's nobody teaching people how to do the job. Yep. 
And one of the more satisfying things that I found out early on in my career is when I would go to a show and somebody would be like, oh, thank God you're here. We need you for this match. Because yeah, right? you know what I mean? It was just like, it, cool. It's a really jarring experience when you hear it for the first time, but it's also very complimentary because like mm-hmm. you don't think of yourself like highly when you first start. Uh, and like, you know, obviously there's a lot to learn and a lot of experience to go, you know, for even now at this point, you know, we've been in for like five, six, seven years and like we still have so much to learn but yeah, oh gosh just yeah the, uh, the idea that there are so many people out there that are willing to use you know like a fan or their kid or like whatever and you know if you're gonna run your promotion that way more power to you it's your promotion you can run things the way that you want to but like yeah when they find out that there's somebody who's actually like dedicated to being a referee and like mm-hmm. interested in it and studies it and trains it. And they're just like, please go <laughs> yes. <work> for us. <laughs> you want to be our senior official? I'm like, I haven't even worked for you yet. I got that from Zealot Pro. <laughs> you want to be the senior official? You found me on Instagram. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Casey. I love that guy. Anyway. Um, your ref duties like outside of the ring obviously you know you gotta uh, call it down the middle when you're inside the ropes but what kind of stuff are you responsible for your ring crew leader uh, do you have like other you know roles that you do for the companies that you work for tell me a little bit about the other hats that you wear as a ref um most of the other hats i wear are specifically for uh, cwfa i'm the ring crew manager there as well right. and so in essence i go i grab the truck i grab the ring from storage we drag it to the show we do the show and then i drag it back um, I make sure to try to upkeep it as much as possible. Luckily, we, and again, I shouldn't say luckily, but haven't had to do that. That's actually the ring they use at prime time. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they broke it down like in the third episode and I wasn't there. I was like, that's the first time that ring has been broken down without me in the room. <laughs> you know, um, the ownership that you feel over a ring after you've been, you know, like tearing yep. it and putting it together for, you know, so long. Like I feel that way with the, uh, the wow, the women are wrestling ring and like their whole setup. I was their ring crew leader for like two seasons and the, everything in there is just like, I, I feel like it's my baby. <laughs> yep. yep. That's my storage unit. That's my, yeah, it's, so it's really cool. And I actually, um, so th- that's, that's the only company that I, I have an official outside for. Um, but you, you kind of hit, you kind of hit on it earlier. It's, it's when I get to the show, like I'm a part of the show and I want it to be the best it can. So I'm going to help out. Um, so like, uh, for party hard wrestling, a lot of the times, um, uh, the minute we get to the building, we're setting up the chairs, uh, right. putting up, you know, we don't have guardrails there, but um, I mean, even, even sweeping the floor, if I need to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. My theory is I'm selling tickets to, you know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm asking people to come and spend their money that they worked hard for uh, that. They shouldn't have to be, they shouldn't be trashed by their feet. The chair shouldn't be sticky. You know, it shouldn't, it should be an overall good environment. So even little stuff like that, I remember, and it, it's something that irks me, especially when the younger guys are standing around sure. and, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, what, what, why is our vet over there scrubbing a the toilet while you're yeah. standing over there taking selfies next sure. to the turnbuckle, dude, you know, like, like I understand it, but no. Um, heard somebody not too long ago, uh, talk about, you know, like, um, trying to make sure that people have the nicest time possible. And it, it just like really uh, resonated with me. They said, you know, like we go to wrestling shows all the time obviously but for a lot of the people that are going to come and you know uh, be in the audience for this you know they probably worked five six days out of the week you know something like that maybe they have like 
50 to 100 bucks that they can actually spend on entertaining themselves and they chose to come to your show like yep. you want to make sure that they have the absolute best experience that they possibly can so like why not you know work as yep. hard as you possibly can to make sure that like you said the floors are nice the toilets are nice the ring looks pristine you know the lighting is perfect like yep we want them to come back right <laughs> yep so and again i i'm a firm believer of just make yourself useful you know what i mean like don't just go to the back and fall asleep just make yourself useful you know Absolutely. i remember I, I caught a bad lesson on that uh during cwfa i was younger and uh somebody you're familiar with levi shapiro uh, him and buddy i think at the time were they might they were either the the champs or the tag champs or they just lost them no they were the champs because i'm sitting there filming and being silly and they're you know buddy and and, and levi are moving the wood and levi just yells hey good scott take it easy let the yeah. champs take care of it and i'm just like <laughs> I got to go help now because I'm dumb. <laughs> oh, gosh. What did I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, those are very good sobering moments that we have every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes as referees, we have to deal with some, like, pretty crazy, intense situations. Uh, what's, like, a, a difficult experience that you've had in wrestling where you had to, like, really think on your feet and just kind of, like, pull everything together and make i mean you already touched on the uh the match getting cut super short but like anything else that comes to mind if i um there were the the two first things that popped into my mind when you said it we i had an issue where there was a wrestler giving a uh a, a open challenge to you know the crowd which i i hate i, I just hate that gimmick because guess what there's some drunk someone's coming yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and i'm like all right and this and this woman comes over the guardrail and, and she's clearly drunk yeah. Like she can barely move and she rolls herself in the ring and, and I jump down to try to save her life. <laughs> like, like, no, 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 no. But the other guy just comes in and just starts stomping the hell out of her. And I'm like, like, I, I, I get what you're trying to do here, dude. But did you like, it's you not appropriate though. And it's not how you handle the situation. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I kind of dove in and took a couple of the kicks and I was just like, you need to get out of here. And security yeah, like it's in. one thing if like somebody gets into the ring and they start getting physical and they like attack a wrestler or something like that, yeah. it's like defend yourself, you know, defend uh, the wrestlers and everything. But like if some drunk lady just, you know, is trying to make an idiot out of herself, like she doesn't yeah. beating for it too. Yeah. Necessarily. Point and laugh and be evasive. You know what I mean? <laughs> she runs at you sidestep and be like, yeah, right. eh, yeah. So what did um, you end up doing? You, you said you protected her from the kicks and then I'm assuming you got her out of the ring and show yeah. must go on, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay. Um, I've had to deal with a couple of injuries, but those are pretty easy. You just throw the X up and help the guy out. Um, What's there was, I mean, this is a, a common question that like everybody that finds out that I'm a pro wrestling referee, they always ask me about this. What's what's the worst injury that uh, you've been present for in wrestling or have you sustained any yourself? Um, no, I, I did training. I, 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 I had just learned how to do a springboard moonsault. And so oh. I was and I was and I and I fired one off and my left leg decided we were going to stand and my right leg decided we were going to land flat and my left leg won uh, ish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tweaked my Ooh. knee hard. Uh, yeah. So but I just sucked that one up. I just didn't see, you know, I felt pretty stupid about it. I was like, I'm going to do that one anymore. Yeah. Um, but as far as outside the ring, I think the worst one I was uh, the worst one I was actually in the ring for was um, an ankle break. Like he just went over and yeah. he was, he just looked at me and he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, yeah, let's cool, but rap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was a worse one at a show where I, uh, a guy, 
And again, I, I, uh, luchadors, I love them, but sometimes it's just like they won't listen. <laughs> They're like, some no. It's, you know, some. the same case for like some American yes. pro wrestlers, you know, like, uh, exactly. The- I don't mean to stereotype of the wrestler luchador, whatever will increase and decrease with the quality of the company that you work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't mean to stereotype. I'm sorry if it came off that way. I just, um, he, he, it was the first match and he fired off a springboard moonsault to the outside, but his shin landed right on the guardrail and yeah, you could hear it. I was, I was doing live commentary on the stage and I could hear it. And I was just like, Oh no. And so we ended up having to do like live improv for like a half an hour yeah. because the ambulance couldn't get in. And then the, yes, the heaven the, forbid, you know, somebody just shattered their leg and we just canceled the show. No, we're going to get this guy out of here and we're going to keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I had but, a, a, the first show that uh, I ever did for game changer for GCW was in LA and it was back to back with a suburban fight, which for mm-hmm. those of you who aren't familiar GCW is a very like deathmatch friendly hardcore matches and all that. And uh, suburban fight is no ring and no rules. It's just people in a bar and they go at it and they're in the crowd. Um, so the same thing that night, uh, that was the night that Marco stunt broke his leg. Actually, Oof. he was wrestling Eli Everfly yeah. and they did like a, a destroyer off of a stage through a door, which, you know, that just sounds like a great idea. It sounds <laughs> Uh, and Marvel broke his leg. And then uh, later on that night, uh, Facade and um, DJ Z were wrestling each other. And Facade did a 450 out of the rafters uh, onto a bunch of people standing there. And just one of the guys helping, like it broke his leg. And it's like, it's just so wild that we're yeah. like, all right, we're going to cart this guy out. Like Brody King scooped up Marco stunt and carried him around to a bar so he could take him to the ambulance. And like this dude that, Jesus. you know, facade fell on, like we put him on a door and carried him out to the back. Like oh, that was the same night that the David Arquette thing happened with Nick Gage, you know, like oh, wow. it was just a like haunted show. Wow. Or something. I don't know, but like all of these things happening in one night, we're just like, eh, let's keep going. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's next. Wrestling. <laughs> let's see what happens next. Right. Um, in, uh, obviously we've gone through some serious trials, tribulation, paid some dues or whatever. Uh, one of the big things that we have to do in pro wrestling is travel a lot of miles. Uh, Mm -hmm. obviously you circulate around the Pacific Southwest a lot. What's the farthest that you've traveled for a show? Um, funny, it's probably Albuquerque. Um, technically, uh, well, I guess Austin would be it because I'm thinking driving Austin would be, I got flown out to Austin and then we drove from Austin to El Paso for the next show and then went from El Paso home. Yeah, it was really cool. It was the first time I'd ever had a promoter pay for, I got a plane ticket out of the deal. I got a plane ticket, a hotel room, all my meals comped and, and a pretty decent amount to work the shows. It was really, really cool. What was the name of that company there? (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, Kayfabe. uh, Yeah. Um, no, it was just really cool. Um, same guy, actually, we did shows in Laughlin as well. And it was, it, it was, it was really cool to see your name up in casino lights. You yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been really good to me. Um, you, got I, of, uh, you got a lot of miles out of the Pacific Southwest. Like I've kind of you know, like shot my dart, like wherever on the map, just kind of hoping something sticks, but like, you've made quite a career for yourself. Like, you know, in your home area, like it's, it's yeah. very admirable. 
I appreciate that. I, Phoenix is actually a really good hub city. Um, you know, it, it, there's there's definitely ups and downs for living here, but you can be in LA in six hours. You can be in yeah. Vegas in four and a half. You can be in Albuquerque in seven. Um, and uh, yeah, you go the other way, you can be in El Paso in six. Um, so there's almost always somewhere you can go. And, on a, and in a burning turn, you can be there, you know, 24 hours altogether. So it's been really good. And um, I've, I've had again, you mentioned it earlier is if you're, if you're, if you're a good referee, you get a lot of, a lot of, uh, you get a good reputation. And so again, people out of state will say, yeah, come on down. Yeah. Jump and jump in the car, you know? Um, and a lot of people that were willing to, uh, you know, uh, travel with me and give me those opportunities. So I've been very fortunate with that. Um, and I, I like, you know, Phoenix was, uh, it blew, it's been blowing up a lot lately again we had cwfa out here we had party hard wrestling which is kind of like a um <clears throat> like a hood slam type product i think that, what do they call it stoner wrestling i think is the genre um but um you know and uh we had that we had uh a zealot out here which you're familiar with which is you know brought a lot of cool talent and brings different talent too which yeah. is nice because back in night in 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 2016 when we back had five <laughs> and uh, back in those days back in um 2016 we um there was like five different promotions that popped up but they were all using the same guys so it was just kind of like why wh why would i why would i pay three days in a row yeah different shows with a different title with a different ring but it's all the same guys yep yeah so um so yeah and it's been really good so uh what uh what things do you still have we're kind of winding down but you know i just want to touch on before we wrap things up what you've accomplished a lot in your career so far you've been mm -hmm. all over television you've been on pay-per-view you've gotten to travel you've gotten to do amazing matches with some amazing people what kind of goals do you still have left uh what kind of like you know are there any companies that you're still aspiring to work towards are there any you know like matches that you really want to be a part of maybe wrestlers that you haven't had a chance to work with yet like what's what's still on your goal list I think my the my biggest goal right now is to find my way to uh, like a, 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 a I, I don't want to say major league company but like major league company I think uh, I definitely like to give uh, I'd like to uh, work for the WWE or AEW or Ring of Honor at some point um, I think um, I, I I'm never the guy that says I'm ready but I I know that I've been mentored very very well for TV by Nick Bonanno I got to give him a hundred percent a hundred times credit um you know, Jeremy he, and i talk a lot about how much uh like just nick moving to la has affected the pro wrestling industry like obviously ourselves personally like sure. the referee community we've been affected by it in a huge way but like you know now he's running championship wrestling from hollywood like it's yep. pretty incredible to see the effect that one person can have on the pro wrestling industry Yep. No, he's, he's a stud. He's, his passion is obvious. Um, he works harder than almost everybody in the room. Um, and I, and I only say almost because, you know, just covering my bases, <laughs> but he, like, I would not be the referee I am without him. Um, in fact, a lot of the time when people say who trains you, I say Nick because, and that's not to cut my old trainers, but even, <clears throat> you know, Jeff and I only worked together for a couple months and then LT and I, you know, LT finally got to the point. He's like, I'm a wrestler. I, I can't teach you much more than, yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't. Um, so a lot of what I've learned is from Nick and, um, 
and I, and, and like you said, like he's, I, I've never seen somebody so willing to just dole out advice, you know, and like, he'll pull us all to, before a show and say, okay, I watched last time. This is what you need work on. This is what you need to work. And it's never cruel. It's always just like, this is what you need. You're doing fine, but here, here, here. And, um, so, uh, but yeah, and, and, and just learning it more about the business, I guess, outside of a referee thing. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I know my, my, I think my, my money in this industry right now is a referee, but as we get older, you know, I'm 40 years old right now. And there's going to be a point where I don't even want to take a ref bump where I don't even want to, <laughs> I don't want to fall. I don't want to slap my hand anymore. So, but I'd like to continue being in this industry that I love. I, <clears throat> I have been very fortunate. You know, we talked about my game design career and going to school for that. And I, I've been very fortunate to never really have to work any jobs that I wasn't passionate about. Um, and so I'd like to continue that. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we mentioned how Nick moved on from, you know, being a referee now, you know, to more writing and producing. Show runner, like yeah, yeah. 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 The, you know, I'd like to learn that. And so that has been one of the, um, really good parts about working with UWN is that, I mean, if you're paying attention, you're learning something in that. Yeah, moment. absolutely. You know what I, I mean, mean, you can't like, not learn things when you're in yep. those rooms. Yep. And, uh, getting to go to the production meetings for CWFA, uh, Mick Greenwood, who was our producer for a while, he, um, you know, just opened that up. He's like, Oh yeah, come on down. You know? So I, once I was done setting up the ring, ran down, sat in those meetings, you know, and, and learning how to put a show together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So. Um, well, we're going to wind things down, but uh, before cool. we do, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to plug anything that you want to, any shows that you have coming up, any projects that you're working on, uh, obviously, you know, plug your social media, stuff like that. If there's any companies that you feel like maybe people should take a look at, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, now is your time. You got sweet. Time. Well, first thing I already plugged the Arizona Pro Wrestling Train Training Center. If you're in Arizona, that's where you want to train. Uh, we train hashtag train in AZ. Um, my next show is for Impact Zone Wrestling. Um, I think the main we're doing Navajo versus Navajo Warrior, who's been a legend around here and another one of those people I could speak for hours on how crucial he was to my career. Uh, wrestling Gino Rivera, who has I, run his yeah. mouth into a uh, hole. Gino Rivera. I, I, I have, I'm looking forward to watching Navajo just beat the living hell out of him. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win, but I can tell you that Gino's going to get the hell beat out of him. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be February 27th. Um, and we're doing that. Yeah. That's a Saturday and we're doing that. Oh, I can't remember the name of Sun Studios in Arizona. Um, yeah. Definitely check out uh, Primetime Live on Fight TV. Uh, we're going to hopefully start doing episodes again shortly. Just again, it's all up to the pandemic. Um, you can also catch uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Championship Wrestling from Arizona on fight.tv. Um, I think those are the big plugs I want to do. Good job. Yeah, and the Zebra Talk on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> Where can they find you? Oh, and you can find me as uh, Ref Scott Johnson on Facebook and Twitter, and I believe I'm Book Scott Johnson on Instagram. Very cool. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate uh, you know you taking some time out of your night to talk to me. I learned a ton about you, which you know, <laughs> it's crazy that like you work with people so often, but you know you never really have a chance to like talk about the other things. Uh, you just yep. kind of know each other forever, and then yeah. <laughs> You get to learn some new things about each other. So thank you very much for being here and for telling us your story. Uh, if anybody like Scott uh, graciously was saying wants to support uh, the Zebra Talk Fund or even just rep some of the Zebra Talk gear, we've got all kinds of cool things. We've got uh, t-shirts, hats, uh, sweaters. We have COVID masks. We have, you know, little pins that are coming out soon. You can find all of it at prowrestlingtees.com slash Zebra Talk. Uh, if you 
would like to be on the show, you can uh, send an email to zebratalk123 at gmail.com or find me anywhere you like on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all Odie Brown or Odie One Kenobi. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on here, Scott. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the invite. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. One sec.